Welcome to another edition of Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. My name is Gordon Glenister. Among my many roles, I'm the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association, uh, which is a professional membership organization representing the branded content and influencer marketing industry. But I'm also a keynote speaker and consultant in the sector and soon to be published author on influencer marketing strategy, which, by the way, for those of you that are interested, uh, is available on Amazon as a pre-sale and other leading bookstores. So do get a copy. If you'd also like to join me at my book launch on the 3rd of March, do drop me an email, gordon at gordonglenister.com. Now, in this podcast series, you're going to hear me interview all sorts of people from the world of influencer marketing. But before we start, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. In today's edition, I'm talking with Pamela Laird, who was a contestant on the hit TV series The Apprentice and also the founder of beauty brand Moxie Loves. Pam shares her passion for building her brand and what part influencers have played in extending her reach, engagement and sales. And here's what she had to say. I started the company in 2017 and I guess it really started with my mum owning her own beauty salon since before I was born. I grew up in the industry. It was definitely always something I wanted to be involved in. And I started my own nail bar. I opened it up in House of Fraser in Dublin when I was 18. I ran that for about four years and I realized it wasn't very scalable. I started ending up managing people rather than doing what I loved, which was nails. And so I thought there has to be a way that I can do my passion and grow. So I started to look at products and what I might do. I started that in 2015. And by the time I got anything shelf ready, it was 2017. Things take time. That was really it. Um, We started with one product at the time and the brand is called Moxie Loves. And yeah, it was it was a big hit actually initially on Instagram. So yeah, it's interesting we're talking about influencers because it really started on social media for us. And and so how did you uh, reach out to influencers in the first place? Did you realise that was a vehicle that you wanted to uh, use to promote your brand? For sure. I think in 2017, I'm not sure if people in Ireland refer to themselves as influencers, but there was a real mix of people. There were models who had a social media following because they would share things. There were makeup artists who would share tips and tricks. So probably the non-traditional big influencers were the ones that I targeted because I knew them. You know, I worked behind the scenes on photo shoots. I was like to a makeup artist, you know, can I send you this? And the model, can I send you this? And sure, before I knew it, I, I had such a wide contact base of people in Ireland being just quite well connected and then the journalists so I suppose developing packaging as well that's very eye-catching is extremely helpful because around the time when we launched Instagram was not curated you just shared things ad hoc how you felt that day what you were doing so people would just share a picture of a product and be like that's cool you know that was how it worked so we were lucky to have such eye-catching packaging that it really helped people to post about us easily because it gave them something to say and something to talk about so yeah it was instrumental in us in the early days getting any publicity and and so what did you notice that was really resonating well was it what type of content was working well or what did what sort of trends did you start to see develop I think at that time, it was very interesting because it was so informal. You know, if you flash forward now, the editing of videos is so stylized and beautiful and it's content you want now as a brand. But back then, the content you would actually strive for is the makeup artist 
influencer mom at home and she's chatting oh and I have this and and before you know it it's an it's kind of a, a gentle ad even though we weren't paying the influencers at the time it was a way of them speaking to their audience about our products that seemed so casually done and now I think there's such a resistance to influencers talking about product oh I bet she's being paid or she's only saying that she's being paid whereas then people really believed what these influencers said and so that was where we wanted to be ad hoc in between their chitty chat you know to camera bits um, and that worked really well for us. And, and, and how then do you think it's changing now what sort of strategies are you employing um, with uh, content creators is it still very much all influencer led or is it a mixture of different things I think it's definitely very much influencer led for us um, a few reasons as a small brand sometimes you need quick thinking so and quick actions you know we did five pound Friday with boots for example and we found out maybe 14 days ahead of time there wasn't enough time for any print media there wasn't enough time for any sort of massive content creation on our part but we knew if we got the samples to influencers we get content we would get people talking about it we could schedule in post so it's the quick turnaround for a small brand we rely on it very heavily because we can and you can just turn things on so quickly and so I think for us it's a huge part of what we do of course print media is still amazing but you sort of get the print media if you get the influencers so I think it's kind of flipped on its head and do you ever do you ever boost the um any paid paid investment behind um, the influencer campaigns at all do you ever use any of their content on other platforms for example actually to date we haven't done any of the pushing of the ads via the paid partnership section but it's something we're looking into because I think Instagram's algorithm based on some of the conferences I was listening to seems to be kind of heading that way two years ago to hire a videographer I think was 1500 euro I had to come up with a concept I was like right what will we do we need some content for social media and I said you know I could split that budget in half, pay two influencers, ask them, I don't need your con- you to push this out, but can I use it internally, both in our presentations and some demo videos on our website? And they were more than happy. So that was a way that we've used their creativity. That's why a lot of them, when we use the word influencers, a lot of, a lot of them actually call themselves content creators because that's exactly what they are, of course, aren't they? And uh, I'm always surprised by the, the the sheer range of different creative opportunities. And, and even as business owners, we, we don't always think about what where that's going to be shot. You know, you can give somebody a brief, but be amazed by what comes back, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of them are just so creative to the point where by the time you try and cultivate that innovation in-house, then execute it, you know, one person has that idea, they know how to do it, they shoot it, then it's yours, you can use it. And that's just a much more streamlined way of doing things, I think. And people respond better to that kind of content, I believe, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Talk me through the process, though, for somebody that perhaps is listening to this podcast uh, or video that hasn't actually used influencers before. And they've got a similar uh, up-and-coming beauty brand or even Mm -hmm. food brand, whatever it might well be. Talk to us about your process. What What would you do when it comes to gifting? I think gifting is the easiest route as a small brand. It's where you have to start. But I also believe that in order to end up kind of with a paid collaboration, I really firmly have always said this, that get the influencer the product first, then let them have a conversation if they like it. Because I do have some horror stories and and things that have gone wrong. And it always comes back to the person not having the product first, agreeing to do a collaboration and not really having a feel for the product. So I think gifting is your best way. It's your first port of call. The hardest part is getting people's addresses, I think. Very hard. So you kind of have to reach out to somebody with a short and sweet offer 
also like I'm kind of an influencer in Ireland sometimes so I do work with other brands and if I get a someone saying to me I would love to gift you this product and we would need you to do a post it's like well no like I'm not going to do that because that's not how it works as soon as somebody gives you a direction for the gift you have to do an ad and that just doesn't make sense for anyone so to gift somebody with no expectation is the absolute only way to work with influencers on a gift basis. You've got to gift it, give them the information and hope that they share it because it's interesting to them. And if they don't share it because it's not interesting to them, then it's probably the right thing because maybe their followers won't be interested either. So you just have to trust the influencer and not put demands on somebody for just purely gifting a product because nobody wants to have an extra ad on their feed because someone controlled the terms. And you're absolutely right. And I know having worked with influencers, uh... Um, for, for a while now I know that uh, a huge percentage of them will reject particularly those that have got big audiences a lot of inbound direct messages that they just reject because it doesn't either resonate with them or that the way in which it's been communicated to them is really uh, not supportive or helpful and you have to imagine these guys and girls have developed up this great engaged audience mm. and they're not going to sell out to them are they if it's not the right product Agreed. Yeah, I think you have to respect what you're asking them to do. And sometimes you really shouldn't ask anything except, I would love to give you this product. What's the best address? Would love you to try it. And that is it. And then also with the information you send, I got a lovely press drop earlier and it was about an award winning gin. It was four pages and I missed the award winning because I was like, God, I better post this. It was so nice of them to send it to me. And then it was only after I was like, God, you know, Nobody has time to read that. Journalists or influencers, you got to give them a headline, give them the bullet points, get the point across, you know, and make sure whatever you send is not word heavy because they'll miss it and then you won't get your USPs across. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what has been one of the, the highlights for you? What are the best campaigns that you've run or the new product launches that have really done well and, and why? I mean, our original product did very well, but it was a different time. So I won't use that as an example. I think last year when I was on The Apprentice, if for those who don't know, and I got fired. And so I had worked since the day I got fired because Lord Sugar's main reason, he said that I only had two products at the time and it wasn't investable. So I was like, I'm going to get this third product out. So the day I was fired, we launched our third product online. I had already sent it to influencers in Ireland. It was really small cute our press release had like just great colors like people wanted to share it because it was interesting um our concept it was a dry shampoo sheet like an eco-friendly alternative to dry shampoo and it just got people really giddy for it and also i had just got fired and while all across the bbc it's like moxie loves pamela moxie loves so i think at one stage we had eighty thousand people on the website so plus everyone talking about our product that had just launched and everyone talking about me getting fired and the outrage and then, oh, where's her products? Let me see. Uh, we completely sold out. So that was like the perfect, everything to, came together for that great launch. I've, I suppose I've got to ask you about The Apprentice. Uh, what, was, what was the experience like uh, overall? Totally life-changing, both from a personal point of view and business. I think being an entrepreneur and an only child, you sort of just do things on your own. And it was very strange to a live in a house with 20-something people you know, including the crew and everything. And then also to have to work on a team. And sometimes your team is like divided in two and four people go there and you're sort of like, oh, like, how can I control this? And you can't really. So it was a really good experience to work with people and actually great people. They, a lot of them were really good business people and just great to work with. So it made me want a team, which I never thought I'd say. And I actually really enjoyed it, the experience overall. 
Are you still in touch with some of the people? Yes, we have a WhatsApp group and we chat. I mean, some of them, I'm, if, if you've watched it, you, you'd probably know who we don't as a group, but the, the nice people who we don't speak to. But um, majority are, we're lovely and we'll be friends for life, I'd say. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So obviously you're an ambitious uh, female. And one of the exciting things about the uh, influencer world is, is, is how it has um, a huge percentage of opportunities have now been, uh, been provided for, for women in particular. What sort of advice would you give to aspiring women looking to be uh, the next influencer or the next entrepreneur, beauty brand, whatever? What, what are some of the, the, the learnings of your experiences? I don't know whether it's an Irish thing, but I always really shied away from being the face of my own brand. Um, at the time, I I was so determined for it to do well without me that I, I my name isn't on it. When I first launched it, I didn't even sign my name on press releases. So some people I was sending it to didn't know it was me at all. And then it made me feel, oh, this is so successful. It's not just me. Like, it's, it's a great product. But actually, if you flip it on its head, the curiosity people have for who's behind the brand. So if you're two ways, if you're looking to be an entrepreneur, be the face of your own brand. You know, you, nobody can sell it like you. And in fact, some people might buy into you if the product necessarily isn't for them. They might go, Do you know, I like her or I like what she stands for. I want to buy her product. Um, and I definitely saw that after The Apprentice. And then I would say if you wanted to become an influencer, I'm an influencer by default. It's not something I started out to do. But I do think that the most successful ones are the ones who are just themselves. And if you can specialize in something, like if you're a nurse and you want to be a blogger, well, write about your job, write about something that you know, because it's authentic. You know, I am not, not into fashion whatsoever. So I don't even go near that because it's just not my thing. It wouldn't be authentic to me. So stay in your lane and use your personality to sell your brand and yourself. Absolutely, wise, wise words indeed. So <clears throat> I suppose I've got to ask you, who is who influences you? Well, my mom has always inspired me to be in business. I wanted to be her like when I was younger. So when it comes to business, my mom inspires me. When it comes to everything else, I'm constantly inspired. Like, you know, a day off social media. I heard someone say this the other day, like, oh, I'm taking the weekend off social media. I just couldn't do that because I'm constantly inspired by what other brands are posting out there, what other influencers are doing, what brand owners are doing. And I, I just find the space so interesting for knowledge. And that's how I picked up even some of these webinars I've been on, seeing someone on their Instagram stories say, oh, this is great. And then I'm there, you know, so you just, you can't have your finger off the pulse. And so I'm inspired by everybody. There's actually another brand in the UK that I'm obsessed with right now called Carbon Theory. It's a charcoal soap and I just love everything they're doing. Like it's not anything like my brand, but when I follow them, I just get so inspired by, you know, they're launching into Ulta, then they've got Priceline in Australia and it's just so inspiring to me. I'm like, oh my God, like I would love to have those nice pieces of news eventually. And I'm sure you will. I mean, it, <clears throat> that's what's so good about um, reaching out and, and looking. We wouldn't have known each other had we not been to the Influencer Marketing Show, of course. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. And uh, I wish you uh, well. What's, what does 2021 look like for you? It looks really exciting. Thank you so much for having me. I hope to be in the UK a lot more. That was my plan for this year, to be there to really launch the brand properly. But I hope to be there. I hope to get my passport and just head to the UK and have some fun and launch in some new stores. We have some really exciting new markets coming over the line for 2021. So hopefully I have some good news next year. This podcast is supported by the Branded Content Marketing Association, promoting the value of influencer marketing globally.
That's it for another edition of Influence. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and give me your feedback, which is feedback at influencepodcast.net. Or you can follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter, where you can also ask me a question. And lastly, if you do feel like it, please give us a five star rating as this really does help us hugely. Thanks again to my producer, Neil Whiteside from Freedom One. And until next time, from me, Gordon Glenister, it's bye for now.